Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. What the brew? How's it going? All of our event brew crew in the house. Uh, this is Will Kern from Endless Events. This is Nick Borelli from uh, Borelli Strategies. We're the brew crew too. The brew crew of two because Tui and Dustin are out, um, ironically, with sore throats today. So <laughs> before, they better grab their tea and their coffee, though, to soothe their throats because we got a really interesting, ironic topic to talk about this week. Um, before we do that, though, uh, Nick, what do, you, what do you got in your cup today? I have. Uh, there is a smoothie uh, place that I really like that's near me called Pulp. Uh, and this is a strawberry banana smoothie. There is some Red Bull in it, but you know, <laughs> it, it I mean, like if it didn't, I would start like questioning your sanity in some ways. Um, yeah, or, or applauding <laughs> it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say actually, maybe it's the other way around that finally yeah, I'll question like, your sanity. Like, were... oh, I'm questioning that it seems like you have sanity. That's great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How about um, you? What do you? Well, so today I'm drinking from uh, the Loose Leaf Market, um, which I'm not sure if it's just local or I think it's a chain, but it's a Loose Leaf like tea place. Uh, let's keep hope it keeps in business for a long time. But I'm drinking what they are affectionately calling Cherry Bomb, um, which is smooth, sweet cherry vanilla with certified organic black tea. Um, and it's got like – it's Assam black tea, which is like traditional black tea, vanilla beans, vanilla extract, rubos. Rose pellets. I almost never drink flowers in tea, so I'm I'm actually surprised I like this. But sunflower petals too, some cacao nibs and cherry extract and caramel flavor. So, but yeah, it's pretty good. First hmm. time trying it out. So pretty delicious today. So, but let's talk about why we think that tea and coffee and pulp drinks Fruit. would soothe the throat. What are we talking about today, Nick? Oh, well, you know, we're going to have some fun talking about a virus. Isn't that fun? Oh, uh, just so, so much fun. <laughs> I uh, So I do this um, event marketing course for MPI, and uh, it's four hours long of me talking, which is, you know, a, a lot to ask of anybody. And one of the things that I, I, you know, as I'm trying to introduce all these new ideas to the people listening who are planners... I obviously get like caught up in it and it always hits me at different points where I'm like, boy, you have a lot of responsibilities, you know, mm -hmm. like that you have to think about things like fire safety, food allergies, uh, egress. Um, you have to think about, um, you know, weight uh, limits on things. You have to think about labor laws. You have to think about, you know, experience design and, and behavioral science and and so much. And now it's like you have to think about political unrest and inclusion. And it, 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 there's just controversial a, speakers and controversial spe everything that we've talked about in the last 20 episodes. Um, 
you know, it, it's just like we're the world is burying, you know, planners with all this stuff they have to know. And it, the difficult part is there's there's core competencies. Sure. And then there's these things that just that pop up um, that we have to react to and say, do we have a plan for that? Because one of the like the the central tenets of uh, event design and event planning is that you hold the lives of people in your hands uh, during the time that they're staying at your event. Like it's, it's a responsibility. So then we have um, globalism and, uh, and one of the byproducts of globalism is, you know, the, the possibility of pandemics. Mm -hmm, Totally. Um, What's, what's, what's really interesting about this is just that, you know, yeah, as you start to say that, I start to think about maybe other positions that might have to do with this, but because our, our industry directly is related to travel, which is bringing people across borders. And, you know, especially um, we want to be as inclusive as possible. You know, it means sometimes, yeah, like we're going to end up bringing somebody over from an area that might not necessarily, we, we feel like ha- might have some, uh, some uh, coronavirus infecting their region. And the question becomes, I mean, this might be a larger thing too, is like, like, like what do you how do you react to it in the events industry and i think that's a really great conversation to start to be had about you know how does this affect our industry directly i mean and, and this is hot on the heels um to give everybody an idea um, we try to publish these episodes as quickly as possible but as of yesterday um literally less than 12 hours ago the world health organization declares a global public health emergency over the coronavirus outbreak um so it was like three days ago they said oh, it's nothing to worry about it's not we're not going to declare an emergency don't worry about it and literally less than 12 hours ago just kidding it's definitely a world emergency we need to be careful of this and everything like that and i keep seeing articles like crazy popping up across the events industry talking about this and i think that um it's important to to, to know about so 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 what's your what's your take on it nick I mean, I think that like, again, safety uh, is going to be, you know, probably the most important, um, you know, pass fail uh, as far as skills when it comes to event planners. Like, I think that there can be many different levels of, of, you know, okay to good to great at things like experience design and, um, you know, behavioral science and things like that. Like, I think that, you know, you can certainly get you can get better if you're not that great at it. It's okay. You can keep, you know, improving. I think safety's pass fail, right? Like you, you, you either have a safe environment to bring people in in order for them to gather, uh, or you don't. And um, so I think that, like, as as core competencies go, um, I believe that it is something that event planners need to take, you know, as serious as anything else that they do, um, just from a broad perspective. Um, from a specific perspective, um, this virus, you know, the, the, as we get more and more information about it, like it seems like that it has changed. Um, and that is it, it's kind of a, a type of uh, virus similar to uh, in the same family, I guess, as SARS was years ago, uh, where mm-hmm. it was uh, supposedly in the animal kingdom at one point, uh, And then it, it traveled and now it has the ability to move from person to person. Um, and I, and I remember SARS and I remember, you know, events around that time and where that was, um, pretty big. In fact, I believe at some of the epicenter of that, like it was during IMAX America one year. Um, and I just remember, you know, it was a lot of 
conversations around, uh, you know, washing your hands and, you know, using hand sanitizer and things like that, because it's like from person to person, that's the best you can do. Um, at least until, um, you know, things kind of pared down. But I think that like the biggest challenge, uh, from an event perspective is, um, putting out the right information, um, and not, um, and not trying to like feed into, um, the fear, fear that happens. Yeah. Because yeah. sure. fear is, you know, it's, it gets clicks, you know, it gets eyeballs. So there's well, a lot of organizations. A good point. Like, I mean, like a lot of this, you have to question and be like, oh my gosh, is this just like, uh, is the fear spreading faster than the virus in some ways? And is this, you know, like that's, I think the question a lot of people are asking is, do I have to worry about this or not? And that's the question you kind of, I guess, have to, to ask yourself in some ways too. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about, cause I know you have specifically something you really like about like the, the education side and informing. And I mean, that that's one of the biggest things you have to ask yourself, especially in these like kind of crises modes you get into is what can I do to actually help affect this? That, you know, like you can't obviously single-handedly block this from happening. You can't, you know, keep attendees away because you have a fear of maybe a specific person like getting your attendees sick or something like that, right? You can't also, in some ways too, I'm guessing a lot of people are asking, do I can't really cancel my entire event in some ways. And, and, and obviously maybe there's different levels of which, but there are things you can control. So talk a little bit about kind of like what you found and thought was cool um, that was uh, related to education of this. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh... I was reading the a meetings net article about this and that there is um, <clears throat> a conference that's taking place uh, in the United States in February in San Francisco uh, that's supposed to have 42,000 IT uh, security attendees and it's going to be uh, a fairly global audience at the uh, Moscone Convention Center. Um, so they actually dedicated a website, uh, a page rather on their website to um, the virus uh, and keeping updates on it. Um, and what's great about it is, is it's, um, you know, they're using their social media to let people know that that's there. I, I don't, I'm not on their email list, but I would imagine that they would probably have dedicate some space to that. But what I think is important about it is, is that, uh, it's consolidated the best places for, um, people to uh, find information that isn't, uh, you know, partisan isn't, um, you know, uh, non-reputable and uh the, the main one always is the world health organization and then when it comes to the united states it's the cdc the center for D uh, disease control and prevention um and then there's uh travel advice um you know as far as what to pack that the world health organization actually puts together as well um and then there's also just general rules on protecting yourself from viruses uh i think that you know, uh, that move, I would emulate that same move if I was a, an event planner. I would say, you know, first off, I wouldn't say too much. Uh, I wouldn't feel like you need to um, be the author of things because, as as Will said, um, you know, yesterday this was, you know, it was, hey, you know, there's a lot of talk about this, but we're not really, you know, thinking this is going to be a pandemic. And then today it's, uh, well, yeah, actually it's it's kind of uh, going from person to person. It's been found in 12 countries. Uh, it's, it's, it is escalating. Um, that's, you know, on a dime because they have to hit, hit certain saturation points because they're always balancing these these larger organizations that really, you know, this is their this is their only thing. Uh, they're balancing fear and uh, helping people, right? So um, 
I would say don't write too much, you know, uh, don't feel that you need to be the author of everything, just point people in the right direction of, uh, of the authorities in these areas, because then you've done your due diligence. You haven't, um, seeded things with, uh, you know, misaligned fear or given people maybe the bad advice, like those links that the CDC has and the world health organization have, um, those are, those are living, uh, pages, you know, as things change, they update them. I think what's interesting too to think about as well is, um, you know, that we obviously have this filter of we're both based in the United States, and wh- what we think about the virus is probably totally different than the international audience. So I I love to know obviously like this is where we want to hear it from you guys in the emails is if you are planning events, um, you know, primarily I'm guessing in China, like how are you affecting dealing with this because it's probably way faster you know, what penetration, I guess you would say of a spread of the, of the virus in some ways. Um, I mean, I think that's one reason why it's now getting considered a global, um, emergency is because it's affecting the number of countries. I mean, like, it's funny, like I totally was like, yeah, this is totally not going to affect me in any sort of way. I'm never, I'll be lucky if I hear about it coming to like California maybe, but it was like three or four days ago I heard about, Oh, Hey, student down at Arizona state university down Tempe, like 10 minutes from my place. Got the virus. We had somebody like, in, oh, wow. in Ohio as well, so it's uh, it's also near home here. Yeah, I mean, um, you have to consider, you know, um, where the the majority of your your people are coming from, and as these things are, are moving along, I think that your the majority of your role really is to keep up to date with what's going on with that, and they make that a priority, and not make that something that. Uh, you're not willing to do. And I think sharing information with all of your stakeholders, all of your sponsors, potentially exhibitors, and and obviously attendees, um, and and let them make the decisions on their own, I think to a certain level. And then once, you know, larger organizations get involved, then, you know, you can make decisions. But I would, um, you know, if you're having events at a venue, the venue is going to be very uh, involved. uh, And you should ask your venue as far as what they do um, or if they have any uh, history of being able to uh, increase, uh, you know, different ways to, uh, I guess, like hand sanitizing stations, yeah, stuff like that, signage. right? Signage, signage potentially. Um, I think considering additional signage um, that have that. I don't think you, again you don't have to breed it in fear, but just say you know something to the effect of you know the, the a safe. Uh, meeting environment starts with you here or something like that. You know, you don't have to say, yeah. you, know, you don't get the, don't do, no, don't get the virus. And, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think you bring up a good point too, of like what additional things can planners do to that's in their control. And I think you bring up a good point, like maybe talking to your venue to see um, if they can put some additional, um, you know, yeah, signage up to let people know where maybe restrooms are. Um, maybe adding additional hand sanitizing areas where there's large groups of people going together, like maybe the entrance to like the the GS and things like that. Um, I was also thinking about it too that there's probably a programming aspect of it all too that, you know, for example, maybe it's something like building it so your chairs are just a little bit further apart from each other, or maybe um, you know making it so there's if there was an activity where people were going to get really physical and shake a lot of hands together. 
you know, maybe have not having that, you know, and maybe there's like temporary things. Yeah, it's not going to affect your entire event for the next 20 years, but maybe just if your events in the next six months, like maybe being aware of this and how you can kind of adjust the programming without creating fear in some ways, just do subtle things that allow people to still have the great experience that they're having, but, you know, not necessarily, I don't know. And again, I like, and that's one of the interesting things we talked about this, I think right before we got on the show is we're not experts on this sort of stuff too. Yeah. So if, if, if you're also concerned that there is a larger thing at place for you or you're at higher risk or whatever it may be, you probably need to bring an expert in at that point. It's funny. This we talked about the, the roles of the future, but maybe one of the roles is like, you need to have a health person who understands like, you know, how to keep your attendees healthy. I think wellness yeah, honestly, like I think that wellness has the ability to be so many different things. I think that it's a it's a big umbrella uh, when it, when we talk about it, its role in events, and as we talked about in a previous episode about the the future team members uh, for the design team, and I I see the wellness one as you know super uh, vitally important, but also potentially um, that wellness person has uh, resources themselves. Um, be it, you know, full-time consulting, um, you know, uh, whatever, um, to the degree that like wellness is, is mental health. Wellness is, um, you know, stretching and running around at events or whatever. Uh, wellness is also, you know, the idea of when you bring people together as anyone who's flown knows, um, the increased likelihood of people getting sick are much higher. So that, that is an element of wellness. Like before, you know, it's not just yoga, um, and I think that there's an opportunity there to, um, you know, again, make that position more more robust by offering and really specializing in those areas. Uh, and, you know, if that person or that consultant, depending on, if, you know, who you bring in, uh, there's a lot of uh, training that they could take on as well. There's, um, you know, there's the idea of, um, we've, I think we've had conversations around this before, too, of like a crisis person. Right. So we're mm-hmm. we're. There's preventatively, you would talk to your wellness person and they would say things like, okay, let's, you know, let's let our attendees, uh, our upcoming attendees know what they should pack, um, what kind of fibers are good for things, you know, uh, how to pack their clothes differently, you know, who knows, right? And, you know, uh, uh, Purell, um, what have you, you know, if you're, if you have any of these issues, like right now, it seems like it's attacking uh, people who are older and younger the most, um, you know, which is a common thing with virus, which means weakened immune system. So there could be a thing saying like, here's the most susceptible people to this, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, breeding fear and saying nobody shake hands at the networking event, saying something to be affected. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. if you're, you know, pregnant, if you're if an autoimmune issue, this and that, you know, consider, um, you know, uh, bumping people's, uh, uh, what do you call it? Elbows as, as we do in the back of the house in F and B. I don't know if you ever, <laughs> yeah. You ever do that with a, with a chef, uh, you know, and, and they're, they're cooking something, you know, like there's a lot of, a lot of this movement, which you can't see in, in podcast land, but it's a lot of the elbow and against the elbow. Um, <laughs> elbows up side to side. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the whole, like, you know, uh, you could have, I don't know, like the CDC, I'm sure, has tons and, and World Health Organization has tons of like materials yeah. you could give. And we'll share a bunch of these links down in the in the resources for the for the uh, the podcast episode. So make sure to go check out the blog post with all the links to where we found where the best resources. Would you, when it comes would to you ask a CVB? Like if you were um, going, to, if you had, if you had, like, do you, do you feel like they would be? Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, like again, this is where like I really feel like that you like we need to move. This is this go right back to that future team episode. I think where we really hit it on the head that planners try to do everything, and they're and they're you know from a cost standpoint, they it's oh it's one person's job. It can't be one person's job anymore. And I think that you know if you again like I feel like delegating to a wellness person and a crisis person, like they can be having these in depth conversations, having an hour long conversation of okay, what are what are our risks? What is your city? um had so far has your city had any major infections or whatever it may be and can talk about these things because i'm betting you right now some planner is listening to this right now and going i don't have time to do this i'm already behind schedule i'm still getting six beds for my av company i still got to figure out what food i'm gonna do and now i have to have an hour-long conversation with the cvb about a virus like right. i need to talk to them about next year's discounts already and right. i don't want to be having that conversation while i talk about and you know i think that it's time for the industry a lot of ways that like, like the reason why I think this is scary is in the addition to, as you said at the beginning, is the addition to like what can actually happen, but also the addition to I don't have time to worry about this or not worry about this. I I don't have the time and I need to worry about this rather yeah. than have someone else do it. So. I agree. I could see the overwhelmingness of it just being like, uh, I just can't deal with this. I'm just going to roll the dice. And I, I get that from a practical and a pragmatic standpoint, because like generally that's where I come from is, you know, a place of like real and pragmatism. Um, I, I do believe that again, I, I, I think that safety is a core competency. Safety is the bare minimum. You're either safe or you're not safe. Um, and then the rest of the stuff, as far as like the, you know, like how, how tasty the chicken was or whatever is you know people complain about that sure but in the grand scheme of things like no one ever lost their brand from it or you know doesn't you know uh and no one ever got went to the hospital because the, ch the cheese wasn't that good on the chicken although i've i've signed enough ndas to tell you that chicken sends people to the hospital too um <laughs> so um there's a lot of safety op opportunities out there, and I think that like what's important is is that you have the channels that matter, the channels that are that are the most reputable in the world, uh, and you exclusively focus on those, and you and you mm. push out the noise. You, you don't go to CNN for this kind of stuff. That's 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 information via entertainment. Um, you know, to some extent, I think all of that stuff yeah, really some is sensationalism around it too. Yeah, it's in their best interest. I mean, again, I'm not getting into like a whole fake news conversation. Like, I think I, I'm almost of the opinion like everything is fake news. So, uh, I do well, think that if you I, need to just go to go to the science. Yeah, I was gonna say and I'll go to the science. So, pay, pay attention to the major resources. Like, yeah, like uh, World Health Organization, CDC. Um, I think pay, pay attention to industry specific. Um, people filtering out it might be delayed like for example we're talking about this now a couple days later so you're not going to get like the latest but um one interesting source for me has been honestly and I, as ironic as it is is um skift because they're travel sure. focusing That's on harm sound travel um and then also ironically the points guy um the guys who focus on credit card oh, points yeah. and travel and stuff Absolutely. because they are so about flights and like for example i read an article this morning that a bunch of airlines from american airlines are in dallas are suing american airlines because they're forcing them to do flights to, to the areas that have infection in china and they're like look why did you ground all the la and san francisco flights but why are we taking the flights in dallas like you cannot put us at risk we don't we want you to ground these flights and not allow them to happen um and so i thought that was really interesting because you know that's kind of like bleeding edge stuff that you know maybe the the 
yeah, the CNNs, the NBCs of the world are just like, well, now it's in this region and now it's in this region. You might be like, well, this is just too much stuff. So I think you got to figure out how to filter down in some ways too. And maybe this is also a good time to bring up like a lot of times too, everyone like you got to figure out how to filter your news too. Like I know Nick, you and I are like so like almost in some ways bad because we tunnel vision ourselves to yeah. specific sources. Oh, yeah. Um, But I think that far too often people are looking at way too much broad news. They're getting their news from uh, an Instagram feed that from a source that's just so high level and, or they're, you know, they're going to CNN.com, like figure out ways to filter down stuff. So you get what's important to you. And I think that also helps with the overwhelm um, because like, I'm only seeing stuff that's affecting travel right now. And that's how I knew this was a topic that we wanted to do because right. I was like, Oh, the travel industry is freaking out about it. The events industry needs to be freaking about about it too. Yeah. I'm looking at conferences, you know, when I see things as far as like, uh, the feeds that I have um, that deliver me the content that I consume, you know, I'm looking at always like, how does this affect conferences? Uh, and I'm looking at, you know, uh, canceled flights uh, and, and shows. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, to me, if I'm, I'm a show, I, I'm looking at uh, the events that are taking place in the same area uh, around the same time to see if they're doing anything, you know, like there's, there's no reason why not to be inspired by others and uh, to, you know, take into consideration that, uh, you know, that there's opportunities maybe that exist in that in that city that you could take advantage of as well. Um, and, you know, things that I would ask a CVB or boots on the ground at an event, you know, just assuming that your event's not in the city that you're in, uh, would be an understanding of um, some maybe potential frequently asked questions and maybe you put something together like that that exists in uh, social and on your website of like where's the nearest hospital um, you know like where's the nearest drugstore things like that that you can add into your app I think would be really important even an opportunity to say if you have these if you're experiencing these symptoms sort of symptoms mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know I think that your event apps are a great possibility for that but like overarching I think that you should just not be shy to communicate, you know, back and forth communication is key. Uh, the people will feel, yeah, I guess like, yeah. Uh, or, or like at least a, a resource center where you're just going over, you know, reiterating the fact that everything that you would need is in one place and making sure that's a living, you know, place that is updated or at the very least has links to like, I'm watching this at the, this RSA conference is just links to, these uh these living documents on reputable organizations as to again it, you know imagine you having to think about i mean update a web page you know you know every every hour as things change like that's a burden mm -hmm. but having the links to the places that are updated every hour and by the you know the organizations that are um you know in charge of this kind of stuff um that's i think the best bet and then just making sure that people are aware of that um and then just making sure that you also have open lines of communication so you can say, like, look, if you're if you're experiencing anything and you need any help, you know, let us know and we'll be able to help communicate you to the, the proper authorities locally. It's interesting, too. I just thought about this, too, is how many parallels there are to this. And we talked obviously about the crisis communication portion. But like, I mean, even if you just think about the things you're talking about, like over communication, giving people signs to say, see something, say something like all these things like that. It just like has a lot of parallels. And I might get in flack for saying this to like an active shooting event in some ways, sure. too. Like, like, it's you safety. know, like a lot of these things. Yeah, it's all safety and crisis related uh, communication stuff. I mean, that people, I think, really need to, to focus on. I mean. Definitely, if you if you haven't yet, yeah, no, Nick mentioned it. Like, go check out Alex Plaxon's um, Crisis Communications class. Um, it is phenomenal, and I, I mean, it helps you build the sort of stuff to be able to help deal with this sort of thing, so you feel 
you know, a little bit more at ease that you have it all handled and you have it under control. Yeah, I think that trying to control the story, quote unquote, and to piece out information to people is the bad play. Um, you know, open communication back and forth in order to, um, you know, address things as they come up and also um, just pivot as quick as possible is the best bet. And I think that you're right. Alex does have his thumb on the pulse of that for sure. Um, I, I also believe that, um, you know, there is a point where you're in control um, and then there's a point where authorities are in control and you have to kind of know where that threshold is. Um, so uh, this is why I always believe in and I think it was put out there in that episode about the, the uh, we'll probably put this in the show notes, too, but that episode about future positions. Um, we were saying that like these are all different different people that should be at the table. However, in my opinion, a crisis team could actually be um, the same people at the table, but different uh, different shifts of authority. Um, mm -hmm. So like when I believe that like events of any decent size should have a crisis team. Uh, and that just means that if you are in any kind of crisis like this, would you know, like let's say this would break out, you know, quite a bit in your event and you have to figure out what does that mean? And, you know, how, what do you know? What do you not know? Uh, who should we contact? All that stuff. You would say, okay, in this instance, um, this is the person ultimately in charge of communicating. You know, this is the person who's ultimately in charge of wrangling people. Uh, this is the person in charge of talking to the authorities. And it might be the same hierarchy of your event leadership. It might be completely different. And I think I gave the example of like, imagine if you had someone who is a hand at your event as far as like load in, you know, extra uh, ability to, you know, take cases out, et cetera, but also was like ex-military. And like they're trained for crisis in ways that most of us aren't uh, with like sit reps and other like uh, ways to identify, you know, real problems and identify what you don't know. So maybe in that instance, that person's in charge when there's a crisis. Right. You know, there's their skill sets, their life experience puts them in charge. Don't know. But I would say look at your team and it doesn't have to be what are the team members um you know, roles in there, you know, one's a director of communications and one is a, you know, a, a, a CMO. And like, so the CMO, we have to listen to that person. Like in a crisis, it's whole other sets of skills. Um, so you kind of have to know who those people are. And so once you do that, you say, okay, you know, in the makeup of the people who will be present, who will, who will have this position, who will have this position, who will have this position. Uh, and then you, you go into crisis mode and it's a whole other, you know, it's a whole other leadership hierarchy. I couldn't agree many more. Yeah. Nick, how are you feeling on this topic? You feel like we wrap it up? We got a nice little bow on the coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, we don't know what we don't know. We Event Brew is not about experts telling you what you should do. We're like you. You know, these are the things we would do. Um, this is how we would handle it. Like, we would go out and go to the people we know have the real information. You know, we would communicate a lot. We know what we don't know. And I think that's key for planners. Planners... They have so much they have to know, so I think that they're often burdened with the fact that they're pretty smart and they know it. Um, know when you're not smart about something. <laughs> you know, know when you're not an authority Preach. in something. And in in that instance, go to the people who are, uh, and and don't try to you know overextend yourself to the degree that would hurt somebody. So that would be how I would leave it. Nice, I like it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, bring in if you're worried about this sort of thing. Bring in your team and let and delegate and trust that they will follow through on this and look into it further for you. Um, and you know, don't let this 
in some ways it like become like a dual layered virus. Like it's the virus itself and then fear alongside of it. Don't let that fear get to you. Um, and you know, just let your team trust your team. And, um, you know, if you don't have a team, maybe this is the episode for us to call to action for you to start building the team to be able to help with that sort of thing. So, all right, Nick, do you want to take them home? You want me to take them home? I am, uh, I mean, Let's yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Uh, if I all if right, I, Nick. Everyone get say go, Nick. Go. You can do the outro. <laughs> we sure. we believe in you. Okay. Uh, well, you believe in me. I uh, I believe in going to eventbrew.com to read uh, show notes to look at links for the resources. I feel like this one will have more resources than most because we're just kind of getting you interested in where we're at right now with this to make sure that you're aware of it. Uh, but we're going to have lots and lots of show notes uh, of other articles that are coming out that are relevant to the events industry and travel. Uh, so we always have show notes for our events, but this one I think is going to be, you know, uh, give you a lot more to read. Um, and in addition to that, we have transcripts with some of the best quotes from every episode. And there's uh, links to subscribe. So check that out for this one and all episodes. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you can rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Uh, I, I would love to see an, uh, some reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Pocket Cast, Google Play, Spotify. It makes us uh, makes us feel really good. It helps people discover us. So we have the ability to, uh, you know, uh, maybe impact more people and have more dialogue. Uh, when we're talking about dialogue, we, we are really open to any ideas that you have. If you've experienced crises in your events or gone through some kind of, uh, you know, pandemic style uh, issue before, uh, we would love to hear about that. Like that, we, we are learning as much as you are about this stuff. And if you want to do that, uh, all of us are on social media, on all the social media. And if you use hashtag event brew, we'll come at you. Uh, in a nice way. Uh, and if you want to email us directly because you want to have a more kind of, you know, nuanced conversation outside of the public eye, that would be eventbrew at helloendless.com. And we always email bad people back right back with that. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, do do your due diligence. Uh, keep the conversation going. And uh, we're really excited to next time maybe talk about something that's a little bit less grim. <laughs> <laughs> Here's to more less grim things for yeah. sure. Well, yeah. Thank you, Nick, for uh, for joining today. Yeah. Thank you, man. I uh, always uh, always uh, enjoy the uh, the whole brew crew, but also the brew crew too is fun too. The brew crew too. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time on the Event Brew. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on a vent room.